off and the clock has started. Here we go. You're listening to 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. However, Doug has offered a time back guarantee. If you're not completely satisfied with the following 20 minutes, he will refund all of your time. Here's Doug. <laughs> now, I have not figured out exactly how I will refund your time. Maybe I'll just record a 20-minute uh, episode with me not talking. But I don't know yet, but, you know, I will refund your time. <laughs> so, yes, my name is Doug Prezak, and you are listening to 20 Minutes You Will Never Get Back. You know, I'd apologize for that, but, hey, <laughs> you're the one who clicked download. <laughs> but since you have... Why not just kick back and enjoy? I know that's awfully presumptuous on my part, but kick back and enjoy. Uh, before we get into today's topic, it's time for some acknowledgments, you know, just in case they're listening again. These locations all ended up on my uh, download list from the last episode. Let's see, Palmyra, Virginia, first time I've seen that name. Braintree, Essex in England. Bury St. Edmunds in England. And it's either Farum or Farum uh, in Denmark. If you live there, you know what it is. And once again, hi to my friends in Adelaide, South Australia, and Santiago, Chile. So there you go. That being said, it's now time to get to this episode's topic. I know you're excited. In episode 124, I talked about all kinds of fan fest conventions. You know, like the Mercom Mermaid Convention, and there was the Fairies in the Woods Convention. <laughs> well, I left out an important part because, you know, I only have 20 minutes. And that was a lot of these conventions also have some sort of competition tossed into the middle of the event. So this episode is about some competitions that are fairly non-athletic. You know, the kind of competitions in which I could partake. <laughs> My executive producer she does those uh, running grit mud challenge things where you she runs 80 miles while carrying like 10,000 pounds of bricks while climbing over a 40-foot high wall. Okay, I may have overstated that actual amount, but uh, you get the picture. For me, an acceptable competition might be something like, oh, who can stare at the TV longest without blinking? <laughs> Anybody want to join me on that one? <laughs> so in the spirit of helping you find a competition that you might like to try, I present to you Doug's list of competitions you might like to try. <laughs> I worked hard on that title. <laughs> All right, let's get going. Again, most of these are made for people like me who prefer not to sweat while competing, but a couple of them might be for some of you athletic types out there. First up is the World Conquer Championships. <laughs> if you're not from Great Britain, I know what you're asking yourself, so let me fill you in. Conquers is a game where players try to hit and break another player's conquer. <laughs> Did that clear it up for you? No? Okay. I have more. A conquer is the nut from a horse chestnut tree. A hole is drilled into the uh, nut, and a piece of string is threaded through it. A large knot at one or both ends holds the conquer in place on the string. Then, one player holds the end of the string and lets it dangle. The other player holds the end of the string on their conquer and starts swinging it, <laughs> swinging their conquer at the other player's conquer and tries to break it. <laughs> they alternate turns until there's only one conquer left. Oh, brother. The annual World Conquer Championships started as a venture to raise money for those who are visually impaired. Since its origin in 1965, they've managed to raise over 420,000 pounds for charity. That's British money. <laughs> the championships have been held in the village of Southwick since 2013. There you go. 
Now, if you're not into swinging nuts, <laughs> God. I'm sorry. <clears throat> serious, Doug. Serious. If you're not into swinging nuts. <laughs> okay, I have regained my composure. I am a professional. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's see. Uh, there's the International Hair Freezing Contest. <laughs> if you're a fan of hot springs and frozen hair, then this <laughs> this is the competition for you. The International Hair Freezing Contest is held in Takini Hot Springs, Whitehorse in Yukon, Canada. The competition features participants competing to create the wildest and most creative hairstyles by freezing their hair in extreme cold weather all while sitting in a hot spring. <laughs> now, if you want to compete, the first thing you need to do is get yourself to the Takini Hot Springs Resort because you have to freeze your hair and be photographed there. Step one, dip your head into the hot springs and wet your hair completely. For the best results, the outside temperature should be below 20 degrees centigrade or negative four degrees for those of us in the U.S. who don't understand centigrade like the rest of the world does. Don't worry, freezing your hair won't damage it. That's what they say. <laughs> Step two, allow the cold air to slowly freeze your hair. Keep your ears warm by periodically dipping them in the hot water. Be patient. All wet hair will eventually freeze, and this includes your eyebrows and even your eyelashes. <laughs> Step three, once your hair has become pure white with lots of frost and ice buildup, ring the bell near the pool entrance and have one of the Tahini staff come out and take your photo where they will post it online. Entries will be accepted starting once the outside temperature reaches negative 20 degrees centigrade and ends on March 25th. Online voting starts the next day and is open for a week. Now, if you have the best looking frozen hair in one of six categories, you'll bank 2,000 Canadian dollars or 1,500 US dollars. This sounds like a, a competition for me. I'm just sitting in hot water and getting my hair wet. <laughs> Next up, if you follow uh, this show on that uh, Instagram thing, uh, you saw a picture I posted and you're probably saying, I, I didn't get that. Well, here's the answer. It's the Chess Boxing Amateur World Championship. You heard me, Chess Boxing. Chess boxing is a hybrid sport that combines two traditional disciplines, chess and boxing. What the hell? What's next? Checker sword fighting? God. Two combatants play alternating rounds of blitz chess and boxing until one wins by either a checkmate or, you got it, a knockout. Typically, events are held in a standard boxing ring using standard amateur boxing equipment and rules. The chess round is also played in the same ring with a table, board, and seating being moved in and out of the ring for each round. A match consists of 11 alternating rounds of chess and boxing, starting and ending with chess. Each boxing round lasts three minutes, followed by a one-minute break. <laughs> chess boxing <laughs> was invented by a French comic book artist named Enki Bilal and is part particularly popular in the United Kingdom, India, Finland, France, and Russia. I have not yet seen it on ESPN here in the States. <laughs> you 
If you like to uh, hoop and holler and jump at uh, reptiles, this one's for you. It's the International Frog Jumping Contest. Back in 1865, Mark Twain wrote a short story titled The Celebrated Jumping Frog of Calaveras County. Well, since 1928, an event inspired that uh, Mark Twain story has been held at the Calaveras County County Fair in Angels Camp in California. It's a frog jumping contest celebrating good old Mark's story. Similar events are held in other states across the country and in Canada, but the granddaddy is in Angels Camp. This is a bring your own frog to the competition. <laughs> it's not as easy as it may sound. You have to encourage your frog to jump in order to cross the finish line first. And this involves yelling, blowing in its direction, dancing, doing whatever it takes as long as the rules allow it. The contestants grew in number to over 4,000. And in 2007, the Calaveras County contest imposed strict rules regulating the frog's welfare. This includes limiting the daily number of a frog's jumps and mandating the playing of calming music in their enclosures. <laughs> what do you do? Go on to Spotify and search for frog calming music? <laughs> anyway, entering specimens of the California red-legged frog in the competition is illegal since it is an endangered species. It's also illegal and likewise considered poor sportsmanship for anyone to weigh down a competing frog. What does that mean, you ask? Read the story. Participants entering the longest jumping frog contest can win a $750 prize or $5,000 if their frog breaks the 1986 record of 21 feet 5 and 3 quarter inches set by Rosie the Riveter. <laughs> if frogs jumping around aren't your thing, then how about the Gurning World Championships? Gurn is an English term referring to a facial expression featuring a lower jaw protrusion. Gurning contestants are a tradition in England highlighted by the annual Gurning World Championships held at the Agremont Crab Fair, which was established in 1267. The fair features other competitions, including climbing a greasy pole, <laughs> pipe smoking, and wheelbarrow racing. Gurning contestants at the fair compete for prizes by putting their face through a horse collar and making their most terrible faces, which end up getting immortalized in a variety of galleries and social media views. <laughs> There's a competition. Just make a face. <laughs> yeah, it's time for a break. And when we come back, guess what? I've got more competitions for you. Don't go away. Mr. Clean, mighty glad to know you. I've got some weekend cleaning jobs. Come in and let me show you. My wife says, Mr. Clean, there's no one who can top you. She's never found a cleaning job that's tough enough to stop you. Let's clean this basement wall. Mr. Clean, you're on the ball. Now clean this brush for me. You're amazing, Mr. C. Let's give the car a try. Mr. Clean, you're quite a guy. He'll do kitchen sinks, laundry too. Man, there's nothing you can do. Thank you, Mr. Clean. You sure did make it easier. The weekend cleaning jobs are done. Now we can have some leisure. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. Wow, that Mr. Clean, he is a stand-up guy, isn't he? He'll just come in and clean your whole house. <laughs> That's what the commercial said. All right, let's see. Back to some more competitions. Uh, here's another one for you. 
that doesn't require a lot of strength, right? It's the rolling in the grits contest. <laughs> grits are important in the southern culture of the United States, so it's no surprise there's a World's Grits Festival. It's held each year in St. George, South Carolina. BT-dub, as the kids say, St. George, South Carolina is the self-described biggest grit eaters per capita in the world. Self-described. One of the competitions at the Grits Festival is the Rolling in the Grits Contest. For those of you listening in the other parts of the world, grits are made from dent corn. The mature kernels are processed to remove the outer hull. They're dried and ground into smaller bits. They're boiled and usually used as breakfast. If you want a more detailed explanation of grits, watch My Cousin Vinny. <laughs> Players in the competition are weighed before hopping into a kiddie pool filled with 27 cases of grits. They have 10 seconds to get as much of the mash on their bodies as humanly possible. People fill their pockets, shirts, baggy pants, whatever they're wearing, a second weighing reveals just how much they collected. So there's a competition. You just get in a puddle and pile some grits on you. <laughs> Next, we go from laying in a uh, kiddie pool of grits <laughs> to the town of Ottery, St. Mary, England, where it holds an annual events around Guy Fawkes Night. I talked about Guy Fawkes quite a few episodes ago. So if you don't, that is shame on you. One of the more unusual competitions is known as the Tar Barrels of the Ottery St. Mary. The Tar Barrel competition goes back hundreds of years. That's a race only suited for strong, brave souls willing to throw a giant barrel on their back that's been dipped in tar and then lit on fire. Oh, my God. And then race the uh, flaming barrels through the village streets. <laughs> The barrels can only be carried by those born in Ottery, St. Mary, or those who have lived there for most of their lives, with generations of the same family often competing through the years. Bystanders are given a stern warning not to try touching any of the lit barrels as they pass by. <laughs> Do you really need to give a stern warning on that one? But if you're willing to uh, strap a, a flaming tar-covered barrel on your back and then head over to Ottery St. Mary, okay, <laughs> they've got the competition for you. Next up uh, is one that um, I actually have participated in, and I didn't even know it. It's the cell phone throwing competition. <laughs> Everybody's fantasized about throwing your mobile phone at some time. Come on. Whether it was after a fight with your significant other or being put on hold by customer support, whatever, well, there's something for you. It's the cell phone throwing competition. The competition has been held in Savonlinna, Finland every year since 2000. In fact, mobile phone throwing is actually a national sport in Finland. <laughs> Competitors meet annually to see who can throw their handset the furthest. The contestants throw phones that have been donated and provided and are not allowed to bring their own devices. The longest throw, you ask? Well, it was 97.73 meters or 320.6 feet. The prize? A new cell phone. <laughs> Do you like cherries? Well, if the answer is yes, then the Tremendous Fruit Farm in Eau Claire, Michigan has the competition for you. They hold the International Cherry Pit Spitting Championship every year in July. The competition organized by the local farmer has now become an official event recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records. The world record is now 100.4 feet or 30.6 meters. But if you're saying, 
Hey, Doug, I don't live in Michigan, and I do want to spit cherry pits. Where can I go? Well, there's the Canadian National Pit Spit Championship, which is part of the Blenheim Cherry Fest, the Wiesenhausen Cherry Pit Spitting Competition in Wiesenhausen, Germany. There's the Young New South Wales Cherry Festival held in Australia early December every year. Young New South Wales is known as the cherry capital of Australia, and it's responsible for over 60% of all Australian cherries. There's the Western Regional Cherry Pit Spit, held at Rowley's Red Barn. You know Rowley. Just <laughs> go to his barn. And the uh, Saray Cherry Festival occurs annually in France at the end of May. So there you go. Chew up your cherries, spit the pit. <laughs> and the uh, last competition is truly one of the weirdest ones I came across as I was doing all my research, so uh, you didn't have to. It's the International Festival of Worm Charming Competition. There is a festival that's held each year in Blackhawton in the United Kingdom. And one of the competitions requires zero experience. Well, this is right up my alley. It was also voted Europe's most unmissable festival. It's the International Festival of Worm Charming. It's a convention where participants compete to see who can attract the most earthworms to the surface. You heard me right. Teams of three are made up with a charmer, a picker, and a counterer. <laughs> Organizers say it's the most fun you can have on your knees in a field. <laughs> the teams head off to a secret field to charm the worms out of the ground. Once all the teams have found their plot, which is one meter by one yard, everyone is allowed to begin Worming up. <laughs> this is doing whatever you need to do to get the worms out of the ground without digging, forking, or pouring harmful liquids onto the plots. Worming up lasts for five minutes, after which the competition really gets underway, with all teams giving it their best to get as many worms charmed out of the ground as possible in 15 minutes. Remember, no digging or forking is allowed. No harmful liquids can be poured on the plots, especially no vinegar. Uh, I read into that, that apparently earthworms hate vinegar. <laughs> now, if you're competing, remember, you have five minutes of worming up and then 15 minutes of worm charming. Any team or competitor caught cheating will be publicly humiliated and almost certainly disqualified. The worm master and the international judge's decision is final. That is a title I need to investigate. The Worm Master. <laughs> All worms must be returned unharmed to the ground after the competition. And in case you were wondering just how many worms you can convince to come to the surface, well, the world record was set in 1986, and I am stunned by the amount. <laughs> 149 worms popped their little worm heads out of the ground. So there you go. The Worm Charming Competition. And that is absolutely going to do it for Doug's list of competitions you can participate in. <laughs> but before we go, what have we learned? Well, we learned that if you like uh, swinging a chestnut that's tied to the bottom of a string, then the Conquerors Championships are the place for you. We learned that if you play chess and get angry and just want to hit somebody sometime, <laughs> well, then chess boxing is right up your alley. We learned that if you like uh, shoving grits down your pants, <laughs> then head to South Carolina. 
And we learned if you're trying to coax a worm out of the ground and you use vinegar, the worm master is going to have a talk with you. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode. As always, thank you very much for tuning in and listening. I appreciate it. And I'll talk to you next time on 20 Minutes. You'll never get back. Bye-bye. I think I'm going to go try and freeze my hair. Hi, it's me again, Doug. I want to take up a couple more seconds of your time just to remind you, if you want to stay informed of when uh, the next podcast is posted, all you need to do is sign up at uh, on that Instagram machine. It's at 20MYNGB, 20MYNGB, and that means 20 minutes you'll never get back. Uh, if you sign up there, you'll uh, always see when the next podcast is uploaded. And if you want to leave some comments, by all means, please do go to the website at 20minutespodcast.com. So it's 20minutespodcast.com. And uh, you can uh, leave your comments there. It also tells you how you can be an announcer for the show. So take, take a look at those two things if you like and stay informed. And I'll, as always, thank you very much for listening to uh, 20 Minutes. You'll never get back. Bye-bye.